much for joining us today in episode number 180 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we are talking to Aaron Gallardo, who is a real life runner from Southern California, who talks all about her journey of running and how she got into ultras and how she uses running as a way to push herself to see what she's truly capable of. This is the Real Life Runners podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, Real Life Runners, we've got another exciting interview episode today for you where we are talking to another Real Life Runner. Erin is a Real Life Runner who lives in Southern California but is originally from Ohio. She's a physical therapist and runs an online education business for other therapists who specialize in neurology. She loves to schedule work around her runs because she prioritizes her health and happiness. She loves the freedom running brings and enjoys being outside, running both roads and trails. She is always in pursuit of bigger goals just because she can and wants everyone to come along. So I love that intro. It perfectly suits who Erin is. I am friends with Erin outside of running. And she is just an incredible human being with so much to offer this world. And this was such a fantastic conversation. So I really want you to stay open because a lot of the things that we discussed today are a little bit beyond, right? They're a little out there. They're a little bit, a lot about the mind, a lot about mind over matter, a lot about kind of belief and intuition and how that all plays into our running. So I want you to do your best to stay open and just listen to what we talk about in this episode. Take it in and see how you can apply it to your running because I think that a lot of us can gain some amazing things from this episode. So Erin, thanks for coming on and enjoy the episode. All right, so we are here with Aaron Gallardo, and we are going to be having an awesome conversation today. I'm super excited to talk to Aaron. Um, so, Aaron, welcome to the Real Life Runners podcast. I'm super excited you're here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. We, today, we want to learn about your running journey. Um, so, tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get into running? Where did this all begin? Hello, thank you for having me, Angie. <laughs> I'm really excited to be here. And to share my story and about running because I love running and it's become more and more apparent to me how much I love it as time goes on. But yeah, um, yeah. so I've actually been kind of running, I would say, almost my whole life. Um, I'm 38 right now. And when I was, I mean, I've always been really pretty athletic and into sports. And then um, definitely once in school, like in junior high, Um, when we were able to join like track and things like that, I immediately was involved in track and cross country. So I've always been a runner. I used to be more of like a sprinter and a hurdler and, um, eventually just like started to get more into like endurance running and, and longer running and enjoyed that as well. So that's awesome. So did you, like you started in high school then with cross country and track and then did you, have you basically been running consistently since then, or did you ever take a break? pretty much consistently. I, um, I, it was on and off though. Like I used to be one of those runners too, who like, I, I don't know, I've had my spells where I would be like, yeah, I love it. And I enjoy running. And then like, I'm not really motivated. I don't really want to run. Or mm-hmm. if I, um, you know, well, actually I didn't find out about races. Cause I, I grew up in a small town in Ohio and I went to a school in a small town in Ohio and I didn't even know that there were races until I moved to California, which is where I live now in Southern California. So, and when um, was that? 
<laughs> like 2007. Okay. <laughs> so that's when I did my first race. It was like a Nike five mile race in Los Angeles. And mm. that's when I did my first like actual race, but besides like junior high and high school, of course. Right. But, yeah. Besides yeah. your team races. Yeah. Your meets and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So that's cool. So then when you, so you moved out to California in 2007 and you started racing. So then what happened? What kind of, what did your running journey look like at that time? Like, were you working? Were you in school? Like what was going on? Yeah. So I just finished physical therapy school and moved to California, got my first job and I met um, some friends who liked to run as well. And so one friend that lived um, really close to me, we used to go on runs together a lot. And, um, but I was still, I was pretty inconsistent. I got to points where I would be like only running when I had a friend to run with. I didn't really like running on my own as much and I wouldn't be as motivated. And yeah, so it just, I, um, I definitely always liked running, but it, sometimes it was like kind of an up and down mm-hmm. thing where I wasn't all that consistent with it, but, mm-hmm. um, so but would I you considered s- it, yeah, I would use it more, more like for weight loss, I guess. <laughs> it's like, okay. oh, I'm eating too much. I should run. Oh, that's interesting. So, but, but was that how you got into it originally, like in high school or did it kind of turn into that later? No. Yeah. I, um, no, that's not why I got into it in, in junior high, high school and stuff. I just, um, I liked it. I was always athletic and that was kind of just what, what I was going to do. I loved playing basketball. It was my ultimate favorite sport. And so I did cross country um, to stay in shape for basketball. And then I did track cause I did really love track. I loved hurdling. Um, and so I was, I was like, I, w- what was it? There was like an award in high school, like best athlete or something that I got and mm-hmm. high, high school Heisman and things like that. So I was pretty athletic. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So then how did it like kind of turn into, so were you just running just for weight loss or were, did you also have like other benefits of running that you were finding? No, I wasn't running just for weight loss. It just was like, you know, girl mentality of like, try to stay fit and stay in shape and running. But no, I liked, um, I liked being strong. I liked running for, I mean, it always just made me feel really like free and independent and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just like escape from things a little bit and just my own, my own thing. Like I, I just enjoyed having something for myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. So, you know, you, you found races then in 2007. So f- since from 2007 until now, how many races would you guess? I mean, I don't expect you to know the exact number, but about how many races would you say you've done? Like, are, do you really like racing or do you just kind of like running for running? Cause you know, some runners, I feel like only run in order to race, you know, they love the bling. They love doing races every weekend if they could. Um, and then there are other runners that are kind of in between. And then there are people that hate racing. So where do you kind of fall on that spectrum? I would say I'm probably in between. I've always loved, I I like races because the atmosphere is really fun and a lot of people and, um, and it's just really energetic and engaging. And it kind of gets me on like my program. Cause I, I actually love training. I feel really good when I'm training. And, um, I always struggled to just stay on, on a training plan, I guess. Um, once the race was done, I would kind of just like fall off. Um, so I, I would say I've done, oh my gosh, I don't even know how many half marathons, 10 Ks, five Ks. Um, so many, I don't even know, honestly, I've been done a a whole, whole bunch of those. And then I've done, what was it? Six marathons. And now I've done two ultra marathons, two fifty Ks. 
Yay. So, yeah. Lots of races. We're definitely going to be talking about those coming up here, but so I think, I mean that why not do it now, I guess. So of all of those races that you've run, what would you say is like one that kind of stands out to you as like one of your favorite racing moments or racing experiences? I think my favorite is, um, I did my first 50 K was last year, 2019. Um, and it was in, uh, Northern California is called the skyline to see, um, 50 K and that, that was just like such an incredible race. So it was like my first really long trail race. I'd done other trail races, but this was, you know, basically across a mountain range from Santa, San Jose to Santa Cruz (laughs) on a trail. I have driven that right, that route. (laughs) Yeah. It follows the road. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So it was incredible. It was just beautiful. And there were like trees above the whole way. And I just remembered thinking like the whole time, like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. And this is so pretty. And Um, just like kept trying to stay present in the moment of the race and just being really grateful for it and enjoying it. And, um, and actually for every race, like at the beginning and the end, I like practically tear up because I'm like, so overcome with like the emotion of like, wow, I can't believe I got to this point or wow, I can't believe I'm doing this. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, I get, I get kind of emotional with it because I feel like really proud of myself and excited about like (laughs) how, you know, how, how hard it, I worked to get to, to do something like that. Yeah, for sure. So but, what was it about the 50 K that makes it one of the most memorable things? Was it just the distance, like going that far? Like what, what exactly was it? It was part of, that was definitely a big part of it. Cause that was the furthest I'd ever run. And I definitely remember there was an aid station. The last aid station was at 28 miles. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the furthest I've ever run. And it was like, so exciting to think I was almost done. And I was going to make it. But the biggest thing too with that one was that um, I I had been training through the summer for it It was in October. And um, about three weeks before that race happened, I hurt my calf. Mm. And I I really have never been injured. I've been pretty lucky. I'm a PT. So I know how to tape myself. I know how to uh, rehab myself and do the strengthening and do all the things that I need for the most part. Um, But I, about three weeks before that race, I was on a training run and I was running up like a steep, um, incline from like our beach path up to like the next to the road. And, um, I felt a pop in my calf. It was like a sharp, strong pop. And, um, and I had never had that before, but I immediately was like, I couldn't really walk very well. I was kind of limping up to the top and, um, when I got there, I was just like, okay, that's, you know, I was I didn't really freak out, but I was just like, okay, I guess I'm not going to run anymore right now. Like that, that just, um, something happened. Something was really tight in there and it released or something is what I thought, I guess. But, um, cause I try to reframe too, as a PT, mm-hmm. like we try to reframe <laughs> our pain and whatever's happening and not like really freak ourselves out. Cause it's like, oh, interesting. There are tissues and they had something happen issues in the tissues. And now I need a ride home because I'm not going to be able to run anymore. So, um, so I called my husband and I had him come pick me up and, um, yeah. And I, and I got a little bit of swelling in my calf. I, I mean, I didn't go to see a doctor or anything, but I I really couldn't walk on it. Right. I had, I was kind of hobbling around, um, and I couldn't walk for or run, um, actually really up until 
the, a couple days before the race, I tried like running a little bit. And, uh, like that week of the race, I, I went on it a little bit running just very, very carefully, but the whole three weeks I was just doing, I just was like, okay, that's okay. I'm still going to be able to run this. And I was doing, you know, I'm into like, um, a lot of reframes and positive thinking and I, I'm a healer and I can recover from this. And, um, you know, and just like writing out affirmations about it, like I'm going to still finish this race and it's going to be fun and pain-free and injury-free. And I, and I would just kind of write that in my journal a bunch and I would imagine myself in the trails. And like, so instead of running for those three weeks, I did soul cycle and I did yoga a little bit when, you know, just as much as I could, but that didn't hurt. And I rode my bike, the bike really felt the best. Um, and then swimming, I would go in the pool and I'm not really much of a swimmer, but I would get the kickboard and I would kickboard cause that felt like a long, slow run. And so I would just do that. And I would do, instead of a long run, I would do three or four hours worth of biking and in the pool. And then I would work on my calf a little bit with my like, um, gua sha tool, which is like a little stone that you can like massage things out and I would have it taped and I would just, so I was just doing a lot of like positive thinking when I'm on the bike and soul cycle, I close my eyes and I imagine myself running on the trail and just could picture myself feeling really excited and like, I feel good and I'm running the trail. And so that's kind of like what I did <laughs> up until the race. So honestly, when I, my, my coach here, I didn't have like a one-on-one -on -one coach, but like the coach from our running club, that's local that week when I was at the track on Tuesday before the race, he's like, are you, are you sure you're going to be able to run this? Are you going to be okay? And I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. And you know, I didn't know, but I, of course I was trying to be like, sure. And then Oscar, my husband was like, are you sure you're going to be okay? Like, are you gonna be able to finish this? Are you going to run this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. But I was still kind of scared. And um, so I think that's why I think that's why that race was so meaningful to me too. And, um, and important is because like, I just put everything I could into believing I was going to be recovered and I was going to be fine. And I did whatever I could to make sure that happened. So it was like, I believed it, but then it was like, okay, what actions do I need to take in order to go there? And it was like swimming, biking, working on my calf, thinking, you know, about healing and doing everything I could nutrition wise to decrease inflammation and, meditation and rest and deep breathing and all the things that, <laughs> that you can do. And so, um, like it was, it was kind of incredible though, but in the race, I did tape my calf, um, for the race, but I didn't have any pain at all. And I was totally fine. I was able to run, um, 31 miles on in a calf that was injured just three weeks before. And so, that was like really incredible to me and taught me a lot about like what I'm capable of and the power of just like believing in that and taking like actually that inspired action towards, you know, what you need to do to, um, accomplish things. That is amazing. Um, I love that story so much. And there's so many things that I feel like we could go into just like in listening to that one story. Um, but, I think that one of the things I want to really kind of dive a little deeper into right now is um, your ability to reframe, right? And, and do these positive affirmations. And you, you mentioned a lot of things right there, right? About the affirmations, the mantras, visualizations, breathing, meditation, all of these things, right? That you kind of were putting into action during that healing process. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey 
in that, like in the mindset stuff, because I feel like that is an area that so many runners can improve with, right? Like Mm -hmm. so many times we as runners tend to be so hard on ourselves, right? And tend to go down those roads of negative thinking of like, you know, someone else in your situation may have heard this pop and then just thrown up their hands in the air and said, well, shoot, there goes my race, right? But you decided, you made that conscious choice to say, okay, there's a, there's a tissue issue that's going on right now. And I'm just gonna do what I can, you know, like, I I love what you said when you said, I put what I could into believing that I could like that you like there it's, it sounds to me like there was nothing that was really going to stop you. Like you just a hundred percent believed that this is going to happen. And this is just what you needed to make that happen. So what, what, what does that journey look like as far as like your mindset and kind of getting into the affirmations and the meditation and all those things? Like when, when did you start with all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's true that you, you point that out because um, it's been, a, I think it's been a long journey into towards that direction. Um, I've always been a pretty positive person, but I know, I know for sure, like, yeah, my husband, when my husband gets injured, just as a contrast, like he, he would not have done (laughs) that and like kind of went down that thought road, um, perhaps. So I know that it it is challenging for some people to kind of go there and, and like, and I, it's easy to say, I believed it a hundred percent after the fact when I did finish it, but (laughs) up into doing it, like I still was a little scared. I was still not sure, but I also just released it, released the responsibility of it because I didn't really have control over it anymore anyways. It was just like, well, what can I do? What do I have control over? Well, I have control over how I'm thinking about it, what I believe, um, you know, just as much as possible, how I can like shape my beliefs towards like this had happened. And if it's going to happen, I'm going to be able to do it. What would I have done action wise to get me there? And that is like, taking the time for myself, respecting whatever happened to my calf and giving it what it needed. Um, still moving forward on my goal, doing the visualization. So I guess like, I, I don't know where that all started, but just like accumulation of things um, over time of just like getting involved in more work around mindset. Um, you know, I run my own business and that has created like a lot of, you know, putting yourself out there in ways that you don't always um, anticipate or, or realize when you're more of an employee, um, you understand this. And so there's things that you kind of discover about yourself. And I've always been someone who wants to be better. Like huge, I'm just such a huge person who wants to grow and be better and do whatever I can to like learn more about myself learn how to, um, get to the next level, reach my highest potential, like become my highest self, like all of these things. And Mm -hmm. so I have always surrounded myself with like books, podcasts, people, um, different kinds of even different kinds of services, like energy healing and things like that, that just help, um, help me. And what I really found in this race and, and just in the process of it was like my intuition. And that's something I'd been working on strengthening for a long time because I've always grown up as someone who's lived with the shoulds. You should be better. You should be faster the not good enough person, like never feeling fast enough, never feeling strong enough, never feeling smart enough, never feeling good enough for anything. And so 
over the past few years has been a real transformation, trying to work away from that mindset of always feeling like on a freaking hamster wheel, never can really get caught up with things, never can deliver enough as, and be smart enough in all the ways that I should be smart enough in. And like, I mean, I'm a mid pack runner. I'm not like a, the fastest runner. And so I had even struggled with like understanding why, why the freak do I want to keep running so much and running faster and harder and, and longer when who cares? Like I ran the New York marathon and I was like, what, 25,000th place or something <laughs> <laughs> out of like 50,000 runners. So it's like, who cares if I keep running harder? But mm-hmm. when I, um, when I was training for this race, what I really discovered in, in, a, in my quest to find my intuition was there was some kind of nudge in me that said, keep running further, keep trying to run further. And I was like, why, you know, the logical self, the ego self is like, why, mm-hmm. who cares? What difference does it make? And I was like, you know what? I think there's, I think this is my intuition telling me to run more, run further. There's something here. And so I was just like, okay, I just want to trust that. I just want to listen to my intuition and hear where it might take me. I don't really know. And in that journey is where I, I learned that it wasn't just about the running and the race per se, but what I learned about myself, what I'm capable of, what I'm capable of overcoming, what, you know, what challenges I can face, and then the ripple effect into other areas of my life. So, um, so that's, I think that's just so huge. That's been so huge and important for me. And I'm sure other people, um, maybe could get something out of that is just like thinking about how it's not just about like your time when you're running and like what place you're in, but about, you know, who you become in that process and what you learn about yourself and like, you see yourself accomplishing things in this area. And then it's like, oh, well, maybe I could accomplish something similarly awesome in another area of my life that I've been struggling in. If I apply the same principles from my running to, you know, my finances or to my work or to whatever, mm-hmm. whatever other thing. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of our messaging here at Real Life Runners. And I mean, you know that, you know, it's, it's applying the lessons that we get from running to the rest of our lives. And I think that that's hugely important. And it's about taking the time to actually think about it, right? Like what you were saying here, taking the time to reflect and say, you know, I, I like how you said it was, you know, your journey to, to find your intuition. Like, you know, how many people really think about that and say like, I, what is this little voice or that little nudge inside of you that you decided to listen to? I think that so many times in our culture, we're just told to ignore it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and push forward and only look for external validation, right? In the amount of money you make or the grades that you get or the times on the clock or the distance that you run, like so many people and and runners being, you know, a big part of this is we look for that external validation. And so I think that what you just shared there was so powerful because it was about moving more internal. And I think that that is such a key to really become a runner on a different level. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was huge. And I think the other reason I knew this was intuition and I knew that overall I would be okay is um, because I was following what my intuition was telling me to do by keep running and like just 
you know, just keep taking that inspired action towards whatever my goals were is um, because when I, when I injured my calf um, and, and I've talked to you about this before too, Angie, because I, um, there's certain numbers that I, when I see them, I know everything's going to be okay because it's like my lucky number or whatever. And, um, and, but it just makes you kind of pause and tune into yourself. So I injure my calf and I look at my watch and it says 734 and 34 is my, actually it was my basketball number. That's why it's my lucky number. Nice. And so I, um, I use that number a lot whenever I see it. And I, um, so suddenly it was like, wow, okay. My, this is, this was like, something's reaching out to me right now. And I don't know, this sound, may sound a little woo for some of your audience, but I'm going to go okay. for it. Let, let, let's go. Let's go there. I'm, I'm in. Cause I went, it's so funny. I told my husband this story, but, um, so I, I saw my watch and it was seven 34. I was like, okay, everything's going to be okay. And so then I, I tune into my body and I'm like, yes. Okay. I, I hurt something. And, and I was like, is this about the race? Am I pushing too hard? Am I wanting this too bad? Am I really just running myself into the ground? What do I feel around this race? And so I like to tune into, you know, if you feel expansive, then it's like, you know, intuition's guiding you towards something and that's good. If you feel contracted inside, then it means like, no, it's probably, you know, your shoulds getting at you or your ego or something is like, the wrong messaging is like, um, you're going after something that's not necessarily in your best interest. So I, I felt it about the race. So I tuned into myself. Well, how do I feel about this race? Is, is it too much? You know, is this ridiculous? I've never run a 50 K before. Um, and I felt good. I felt really good about it. It was, I loved the training so much. I felt excited about it. I was raising money for an organization as I was training. I felt good about that. Um, so I knew it wasn't the race. And so then I said, okay, what is this trying to tell me? What is this injury trying to tell me? There must be a message here because usually I, I don't receive a message until I get sick or injured or something that like I'm pushing too hard or I need to change something in my life. It's like, my body has to like break me down before it's like, stop it, change something. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I got this calf injury. And I think, okay, what, what is this trying to tell me? And immediately I knew I had to quit my job. <laughs> I know that really? sounds like, it sounds like a leap, but yes, that's what I felt immediately. I knew, okay, you know what? I'm not happy in my job anymore. It is time. Wow. It is time. And so, yeah. So within a month, I, um, well, I put in my notice like pretty much right away. And within the month I was like, I have to leave. And I just knew that it was time for me to not be at that job anymore. Cause I really wanted to go full in on my own business. And so, yeah. So when I, when I got home, I was scared to tell my husband that right away, but eventually I was like, listen, my calf's going to be fine. I'm my calf be- is telling me to quit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, honey. My calf says so. (laughs) That's exactly what it was. I was like, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be able to run this race, but I have to quit my job. (laughs) This is what my calf injury told me. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that so much. Oh, that's so great. You know Um, what though? It has been the best decision ever. And oh yeah, for sure. It really was true. And I was, cause I was fine at the race and I left the job and then this past year has just been such a huge year of growth and success and more just wonderful things that even, I mean, I don't mean to say that I know there was a pandemic obviously, and that has been terrible in lots of ways. However, there've been other things that have been really positive for me too. 
and you know, you know what, I think that's super important to point out because so many people just like to talk about how terrible 2020 has been. And yes, it has raised a lot of challenges for a lot of people. And anytime we say things like, you know, the good things, there's, there's still positive things that happened this year. There are still a lot of really good things that happened this year. And it's not to minimize anyone that lost someone or anyone that got sick or anyone that had any sort of challenges or lost their job or financially struggling. You're not, we're not trying to minimize any of that, but you're still allowed to celebrate the the good mm-hmm. things that happen. I think that's super important. Like, I don't think that we have to just go into a, a shell. I mean, we, we, this is the year that we need more positivity, right. More than anything. So, um, so that's pretty cool. So um, a couple of things that I heard when I was listening to you there was just kind of like about what did you learn about yourself in this process? Right. Like you were talking about like, you know, taking the message that your body was giving you and then trying to figure out what this meant. Right. And, and, what you needed to learn or what you needed to examine. And can you talk a little bit about like how, how we can maybe get better at hearing those messages or listening to those messages? Because I think that it's a lot of people struggle with this. Yeah. Yeah. And that is something I, I've always struggled with too. Um, Because I think, you know, we all have another voice in our head. That's not our own. We, we internalized a voice of maybe one of our parents or, teachers or whoever like influences you, or maybe it's a combination of all those things. And I've always had a very strong voice of, um, of that in my head too. And, um, feeling like I should do certain things or be a certain way and always trying to measure up to that. Um, and well, so you come from a very high achieving background though. I mean, by the sounds of it, right. You were very athletic in high school. You were also obviously very smart. You went on to get a doctorate in physical therapy. Like, so you were achieving both on the academic end and the athletic end. And I think that's where a lot of those shoulds come from. Right. I mean, I know that's, that's, I can definitely relate to everything you're saying there, but like, mm-hmm. what is it that kind of allowed you to start to move away from that and, and start to realize that there is another way that you can start to look at these things and not get so down on yourself. Like how do you get out of some of that negativity and into, mm-hmm. you know, more of a place where you are now? Well, I started to understand what the difference was in the voices. And so, so I explained like how also knowing when one is coming from your intuition or one is coming more from your ego side. So like, feeling in your body, the um, expansion feeling when something is like your intuition talking to you, or when it's something that's right for you, you know, kind of noticing if you can feel that versus feeling contracted about something. Um, The other thing is like the intuition voice is like, and I've heard it described this way. I think it's helpful for me is like, it's almost like a whisper. It's like a really quiet, just like it'll pop into your head, a weird random idea or um, something that just doesn't seem to make sense. If it doesn't feel like it makes sense, but it's coming to you and it sounds kind of like, oh, interesting, it's probably your intuition. And you'll know too, because then your ego will come back with all the logical reasons why you shouldn't do it or why it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And so now that's what I tune in for is like, I'll get the random idea popped into my head, like run longer, you should run longer, keep running further. And then all the logical things were like, well, why? Who cares? You don't run that fast. You're not going to win anything. You're not going to be a sponsored athlete. What does it matter? 
you know, you should be working on this. You should be doing that instead. And then it was like, oh, interesting. So I'm hearing the, the rational contrast here. So that must mean that my intuition is the one telling me to run more. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's just about like hearing the thing that doesn't make sense and, um, deciding to follow it anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that's where so many of us struggle, right? Is that a lot of times we do hear that voice or those voices and we let the ego take over and let those logical excuses tell us why we shouldn't be doing those other things. So Mm -hmm. was it then just a choice for you to just start listening more to that voice and going against it? Yeah. It's just a, a trust. It's just like, okay, a trust, like let go trust and just see, like, what do you have to lose if you try this and mm-hmm. just see what it produces for you? Yeah. Uh, so, so, so what that. has that produced for you? Like, you know, kind of move, moving into like what running has kind of brought into your life. Like what, what do you think, you know, both running and then obviously this idea of listening to your gut, listening to your intuition more, um, how has that kind of spilled over into other areas of your life? Well, it's been really huge because, um, coming into 2020, then I, um, you know, I kept wanting, I wanted to run further. I ultimately want to run like a 50 mile ultra, um, eventually I want to get like a BQ Boston qualifying marathon time. Um, and so this like nudge to kind of keep running further was like, led me to set a goal for 2020 to run 2020 miles. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. This is part of the intuition too. You don't know how you're going to achieve this goal or how it's going to happen, but you, that's your goal and that's what you want. And so you just have to like, try to start taking some inspired action, doing things to move towards it. It's not going to just happen on its own. You have Mm -hmm. to like actually do things too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had this goal for running 2020 miles. I didn't know how I was going to do it because um, in 2019, even though I ran an ultra and did I run a marathon? No, maybe not. I don't remember. Um, I still only ran maybe 1200 miles for the year, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot. I'm not going to minimize that, but it was, I, my goal was to almost double it. So, um, yeah, so I had that and I was going to run LA marathon in 2020, which I did. And then when the pandemic hit, I was like, oh, I guess, I guess all my weekends are free <laughs> Might as well <laughs> keep running. And, um, and so then I just really like got serious about it. I was like, okay, well crap, if I'm going to hit this 2020 goal, then how many miles a week do I need to run? How, Mm -hmm. what should my long runs be? What should my schedule be? How should I fit these things in? And I was tracking on my Garmin and I was tracking on Strava and I was counting out the weeks. And I was like looking at myself doing all this. And, and I was like, wow, I'm really, how am I, how am I doing all that? I'm not a data girl at all. I hate spreadsheets. I hate tracking things. I'm not really a numbers person. And I found myself just like being really invested in these numbers and like tracking it. And I was like, what, why am I doing this? Why am I so into this thing? And, um, and while I was running, cause this is the other thing running brought to me was so much time to think about things and space, especially during the pandemic. Oh my gosh, that was huge. And, um, what it revealed was like, I really believe I can hit it. That's what my intuition told me. I can hit this goal. And so I was like, okay, even though it's hard and I don't really know if I can hit it because I can't control everything that might happen environmentally moving forward through the year, 
Um, but I was like, wow. So I, at a core level, believe I can reach this goal. And that is making me take these actions as in like tracking Strava and Garmin and mapping it out and scheduling in my runs and prioritizing my runs. If I'm tired, if it's, you know, well, it's never bad weather out here, but if I just don't feel like going out there, <laughs> like I, <laughs> you know, I still do it. No, I have to hit this run. Like I need to make my miles. And so I thought about this because um, I've always set financial goals for myself, saving a certain amount of money or paying off a certain thing or just making a certain amount. And like, I really never hit it. I just, it's just so frustrating for me. Financial goals have always been one of the hardest things for me um, because I'm not consistent with it. I set this goal and then I'm like, I don't know, it's just never going to work out. I only make a certain amount and I can't curb certain spending or whatever is, was, I just had really poor beliefs around it. So I used my running successes and behaviors and realization that I believed I could hit my running goal. And I looked at it for my finances and other things. And I was like, so what's been the difference when I hit like a goal to save $10,000, for example, and I can't do it. I didn't believe I could. So if I believed that I could, then I would probably take those steps to do it just like I did with running and you know what? That actually became true during this year too. I was able to make more money. I was able to hit a huge milestone in my business and um, hit some really big um, goals that I was, that, that felt impossible mm -hmm. before I realized like, oh, if I just act like, you know, how I do with running with these other things, then um, all of that can transform too. That's so cool. So Okay. So I have a quick question. So you said you, at the beginning of the year, you set the goal to, to run 2020 and your initial thought was, I don't know how the heck I'm going to do that. Right. Yeah. So then you kind of started running the pandemic hit and then your weekends opened up. So then at that point, is that when you kind of started to chart it out to kind of make that plan to say, okay, how many miles am I actually going to need to run here? Right. So then you started to kind of plan out, okay, I need to, if it's 2020 divided by 12, you know, or mm -hmm. at that point it was divided by 10, I need to run this many miles per month, this many per week, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so you go through and then you make that plan. When did that, you said about having a core belief, like believing it to your core that you are actually capable of achieving that. Did that belief come before your plan or after the plan? Because ultimately it's that it's the plan and the belief that both led to you taking the actions that, mm -hmm. that then gave you the results of achieving this goal. Oh, was that a spoiler alert or do we already, we already knew that, right? Yeah. You, you already said you achieved it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, which is awesome, right? So the result of achieving the 2020 happened, but it was only because you took those inspired actions to mm -hmm. achieve it. But then would you say, was it the plan or the core belief? Which one kind of came first or did they kind of come together? I have, I have to think the belief was there and I just didn't really realize it. But um, when right after, cause LA marathon happened and you know, the next three days, it was like everything shut down. That's like, that was the last thing that happened before the pandemic out here. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. So, so then I just like got right to it and I was like, okay, I need to hit a thousand ten miles by the end of June in order to be on track for this. What does that look like? So I kind of broke it down. I chunked it down into like my halfway point 
and to the months and the weeks and like how many miles a month do I need? How many a week? And so I wanted to pad it a little bit in case I wanted to travel later in the year. Cause at that point we still believed that we would be back up and into life again in like a few mm-hmm. months. And so <laughs> I thought I might be, you know, busy in the fall. I might get injured again. I might have whatever happened, um, traveling or something. So I want to pad it a little bit. So I just chunked it down and it was really pretty early on in a run that I, that I did recognize, like, I actually believe I can do this. This is why I'm taking action on mapping it out and planning it and, and not just like leaving it up to chance, you know, like I would normally do with a goal. Oh, I really want to hit this big goal. Oh, well, let's see what happens. No, like this time I was actually doing stuff that would guarantee that I could actually reach the goal. And I reached the goal a month early. I hit 2020 miles on November 30th. So I had a whole month early that I was able to reach that in. And it was, it was awesome. Again, I got all teared up on my last run. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I did this. And Mm -hmm. And that was before your ultra. And that was before my celebratory ultra. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So, so you, so it sounds like the belief was kind of there before the plan. And then like, after you mapped it all out and saw the plan on paper, then that just kind of reaffirmed and that belief that you actually could do it. I think it's like, because I'd been running for a a long time and I'd seen myself achieve goals, marathon goals, half marathon goals, Mm -hmm. running a 50 K and, um, and just, and just run like having that habit of running. Um, I knew I could run hitting a running goal just meant like I had to get out there and do it. Mm -hmm. So it felt achievable in that way. So I think the belief was there because I had been, um, because I've been running. Yeah. And then that helped you to shift your beliefs in the other areas of your life, because you know that you had it in running. So why not these other places too? Right. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Very cool. All right. All right. So you finish your, your 2020 goal. And like you just said, you ran a celebratory ultra marathon. Now this is like, let's get into this a little bit because I don't know if many people, I mean, unless you've done one maybe before, like, cause ultra runners are, are kind of a different mindset than a lot of recreational runners. Right. So tell us about this celebratory ultra that you just did. <laughs> Well, so maybe in September, I think it was, I, um, I knew I was reaching, I was going to be reaching my goal within the next couple of months. And so I was like, I am going to be sad when this is over and there haven't been any races this year. I really want a race or something to look forward to. Cause the main reason I set the 2020 goal was because I wanted to build a base for like running longer races. And there hasn't been a race to like you know, really put that to practice. So I decided it'd be really fun to create my own race, do a 50 K in December and like tell my running club and tell, you know, have my husband run and, and whatever distance he wants and tell friends. And we would order t-shirts and we would just like make it like a real, um, fun event. Mm -hmm. And so that, yeah, so that's when I decided to do it. And, and it was really cool. Cause then it just like made me more excited about my training runs. I was working towards something and I was going to build up to something. And Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, so I just did it, um, on December 12th and 
I ended up, I just made, I was really inspired by people in the real life runners tribe and in my own local running community, they were doing like these self-supported races, ultras Mm -hmm. and, and less. And like Kevin had done the marathon, um, like he did like just doing loops and you have your aid station at your house. And I was like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I created a little route, um, on the beach by my house and had the aid station at home and, um, and it just ended up being so much fun. And I ended up running 32 miles, which is the most I've ever run. Um, and somehow I just, I felt really good during it and I'm not even that sore. And, um, it was just, it was really awesome. It's fun. We had people, there was someone who, from my running club who came out and she, gave us the start signal and sent us off and took videos and pictures. And she followed us for two hours, like taking pictures. My husband ran 20 miles with me, which was awesome for him. Nice. And our friends ran their very first half marathon because they were so inspired by like the energy. And that's um, so fun. (laughs) That's so awesome. I love that. See, racing is not canceled, right? Like running is not canceled. Like you just have to make your own sometimes. I know. Yeah. There were other people in my running club who ran their own version. They ran, um, 12.12, 12 miles on for 12, 12. There you go. Um, and bought t-shirts as well. And so we kind of like had this whole little fun, like distance inspired events where people were running. My mom came out with her cowbell and she was like cheering for me. And- That's adorable. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so fun. That is so cool. I love that. So, okay. Now I'm, I'm guessing this is going to be, I mean, a, a, an easy answer. Cause obviously you, you weren't running ultra marathons when you first started running, but what does your running and your training look like now versus when you first started? Like what, what's kind of like, you know, and some, some of the struggles maybe that you've gone through to get you to where you are now, which is obviously, I mean, we can hear it in your voice, you know, and obviously I, I get the, the blessing of seeing you here on camera as we um, record this interview, but you're just so joyful around your running. Like, it seems like running is just such a sense of personal empowerment and joy in your life. And I think that that's really what so many runners want it to be. Like so many runners Mm -hmm. experience it, but it, you know, how, how did you get from running cross country in high school to where you are today? I know. Cause I hated cross country. Actually. I hated running that far. <laughs> Three miles is so long. It felt so long, right? So I remember true. long runs were six miles and it was like, this is death. Like mm-hmm. why? Yeah. And then you just ran 32. <laughs> I know. That's awesome. Yeah. So my training has changed a lot. And I, honestly, when I first decided my first half marathon that I ran out here was like 2008 or nine, maybe a friend talked me into it and then she got hurt and she didn't run it. And I was running it and she was on her bike cheering. And I was like, Oh, like glaring at her. It was so hard. And I was like, I never want to do that again. It was just so painful and difficult, but somehow I knew I would, I knew I was going to go back for more. Mm-hmm. And, um, so then, you know, eventually when I ran my marathon and everything too, I always went during my training, I told you I had these ups and downs. I would do training and I loved how I felt during training. I did really enjoy training a lot. Um, but I always ended up getting injured or having some aches and pains when I was training for marathons. And so I was on this quest to figure out how to not feel injured or get pain and injury during marathon training. Um, and like long run training and stuff like that. And so that's one thing that really changed is the strength training. That was the huge part to add to my training routine. Um, 
is like at least one to two days of strengthening weights and glutes. Oh my God. I could talk a whole another hour about glute training uh -huh. and how important it is for pretty much every part of your lower limb <laughs> to overcome pain. And yes. um, so I religiously do my glutes and, um, that, yeah, that's been a solution for so many things. So training with strength and then, um, the other thing, like running with a community, like you have this online community that's amazing and inspiring and awesome running with that and, and sharing with people. Like we have a local community that's like that too. And so I like it. I kind of love getting on both sides, like the online and in the local side, um, that has been so helpful and inspiring, um, to like, keep you motivated and going. And, um, I definitely think that setting this goal and reaching a consistent habit. And I want to, I want to point something out really quick because I did this Gallup strength finders assessment. If anyone knows what that is, it's like a test where you, it tells you what your highest strengths are so that you can like work in those strengths more often. And it's 34 strengths. One is your top. And then 34 is your least strength, not necessarily a weakness, but it's not, not so good for you. Well, guess what number 34 is for me, which 34 is my lucky number again, of course, but is it your glutes consistency? <laughs> no, it's really <laughs> my least strength is consistency. Really? And so, yes. And so the fact that I was able to consistently run 40 miles a week for this entire year is pretty freaking cool. And so, yeah, what it turned into now, I think it's a strength, but I, I guess it's just a context thing. So, um, so I definitely feel like having that consistency and the reason I had the consistency is what you pointed out, the joy. I just really wanted to enjoy it, make it fun. And I just make it light. How can this be light? How can this be fun? I have my music. I go on the route. I like, I schedule runs when it's fun to do them. Um, you know, things like that. And then I definitely think after doing that consistently for this year that I'm going to be able to, I'm not going to drop off like I used to and, um, you know, have like that. Oh, I wish I could keep my strength and my, my endurance up and then just fall off and not run anymore. Like I actually am like, Oh sweet. I'll just keep my plan going that I'd been doing. Like, you know, that's mm -hmm. pretty cool which I think you support people in the off season so that they can keep it up. I think that's so huge that mm -hmm. that's it is, it is because it, it, it is unfortunate, right? Like when people build up so much towards a race and then just kind of let things go when that race is over and then they pick another race, but they've actually gone backwards. Like that's yeah. not fun. Like at a minimum you have to maintain and you can even gain a little bit in the off season, depending on what your goals are and what the distance is. Um, but yeah, that off season training and that, that base building training is extremely important. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So what comes next for you? So I am not sure when I will do it, but I, my next thing on my radar is a 50 mile run. So okay. a 50 mile ultra. So do you have, one. do you have like some sort of timeline within the next year or two years yeah. or okay. Within the next year. Um, Yeah. I'm not sure which one I have to kind of, well, I have to let my intuition guide me towards which one feels, yeah. <laughs> feels now, like do, the right one. <laughs> do you want that one to be like definitely an in-person race? Like what that, mm. like an organized race versus like a self-supported race? That's a good question. I, I think so. Although I don't know something about running really flat on the beach, like 
and not getting sore. I really, I think I could do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was fun. I, I wouldn't mind doing another one like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would like to, I'd like to get on the trails and do something with like a community. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, this has been like so much fun um, getting to chat with you today. So before we wrap up, is there anything that you really want? Um, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you really wanted to, you know, get into today? And also, you know, what is one thing that you want our listeners to take away from this episode? Well, thank you for having me on. It's been so much fun to talk about this. I, I do feel like I get very excited talking about running and could talk about all the stories all day long and how much running um, is just like a metaphor for our lives. And all the things that you guys talk about is like so true. It really <laughs> is. And the mindset piece is so important and the way that we like um, can use our running to empower us to become like better versions of ourselves, to become stronger and to feel free and independent and mm -hmm. all of those things. Like that's definitely what it's brought to me. And I would just really um, like to say, and I feel like I probably said all the things that I wanted to say in here because um, you asked such great questions. Um, but like, you know, just making it really joyful to you and making it fun and listen to your intuition and don't, don't let the clock like dictate what you need to be doing or that you're not good enough or you need to set better goals or do things differently. Like really, really just tune into what is right for you and follow that and trust it. And it's going to help you not only achieve your running goals, but also goals in other areas of your life that you did not even think like I did. Um, you know, I really reach success in so many other areas because of this running goal. And so, um, I really think that so many other runners out there can benefit from just like listening to that and then tuning in, making it, um, you know, just making it out of habit to, to trust yourself and your intuition to get you to where you want to be. I love that. Yeah. Focusing more on that internal versus all the external stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. All right. Well, Aaron, this has been so awesome. So tell our listeners, where can they find you online if they want to connect with you and kind of follow your running journey? And also, you know, if we have any neurophysical therapists that might be listening, if they want to connect with you professionally, where can they find you? Yeah. So, um, you can find me, I'm on Facebook, uh, Aaron Caudill Gallardo, and you can find me on there as friends. And then also on Instagram, Aaron underscore Gallardo underscore. And I'll say that I don't tend to post a whole, whole lot on social media, but whenever I do, it's usually about running. So <laughs> <laughs> it's probably good for you to find me on, on either of those. And then, um, I do run a business called neuro collaborative and it's an education business, not just for neuro PTs, but also OTs. And we also have exercise professionals in there as well. So if anyone is interested in mentorship and continuing education, <laughs> who also loves to run, um, you can find me uh, at neurocollaborative.com. And we also have our social media, Facebook Neurocollaborative Professionals is like a closed group with 3000 professionals in there that you can network with, or um, you can find us on Instagram at neurocollaborative. Awesome. And we will definitely put all those links in the show notes so that you guys can know the spellings of all of those as well um, and know exactly where to find Aaron. So Aaron, thanks so much for your time today. It's been so much fun. We'll talk to you soon. 
Thank you so much. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Real Life Runners training team. It's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material, we apply it, and we take it to the next level. We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life. We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one coaching, along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.